Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Hello and welcome to episode 278 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, I'm delighted to be back in the fuel and convenience retail industry, where I've spent so much time in my career over the last 10 years. In my experience, this is one of the most exciting sectors for loyalty marketing programs and professionals. My guest today is Ishtvan Mag, who is the head of the Digital Lab for the Mall Group, a leading oil and gas company across Central and Eastern Europe. Headquartered in Hungary, the Mall Group has operations in over 30 countries and employs over 25,000 people worldwide. As you'll hear, the Mall Group is truly transforming itself from a traditional fuel retailer to a digitally driven consumer goods retailer, with incredible plans and ambition to expand to new categories, led by loyalty as the platform on which their expansion plans can be realised. Istvan shares their innovative program design and the key success factors. So I hope you enjoy this incredibly impressive story of loyalty in Central Europe with the Mall Group. So Istvan, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to speak with you after two years. My goodness, we we had a wonderful conversation and I wrote an article about the Mall Group as we talked about. Uh, but since then, it seems you have been working harder than ever. Yes, indeed. I think the whole company, um, especially in today's environment, sure. um, I think everybody's busy in the yeah. oil and gas industry. Yeah. Um, and we at Mall Group, we are also quite busy um, For sure. with, with everything that's going on. Great. Well, we'll be super excited to dig into all of that today. So before we start talking about Mall Group and all of the digital transformation that you're leading, um, as you know, we always start with our favorite question to understand loyalty professionals and what they admire in the global loyalty industry. So I know you have a very strong one that you, you love very dearly. So please do share with our audience, Estevan, what is your favorite loyalty program? Here I have got to say Starbucks. And the reason for that is that um, for our own transformation, loyalty transformation and, and business transformation, Starbucks has been one of the North Stars. Mm. And I just admire how they use the loyalty program as a way to communicate with customers to, to drive their own business strategy yeah. and how transparent they are about it and how seriously they take it. Yeah. Uh, just just one one data point uh, from their last um, earnings call. Fifty three percent of their U.S. operated store revenue is driven by Starbucks Rewards members. Yeah, that's a staggering figure. Yeah, uh, that that is extremely difficult um, from my experience um, yeah. in in such an industry and in such a market. Yeah, and um, I would love to get there as well with with more group. <laughs> Yeah. Both in terms of in terms of the the figure and how yeah. transparent we can be about our yeah. results. 
Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, there's a couple of reasons I, I fully agree with you, of course. First and foremost, Istvan, you're not the first person to mention Starbucks um, and particularly the U.S. proposition, because actually it is different in different markets. And um, mm. of course, I guess it is localized. But the piece that always impresses me and you've already um, alluded to it, I guess, it is being discussed, mentioned respected and really leveraged at the most senior level possible. And not just in a way where they're saying, oh, you know, by the way, 53% of our, our revenue comes from loyalty members. They actually, as you said, they attribute it. They actually say it's driven by the loyalty of our membership. So to me, that's the most extraordinary piece is they actually credit the program with driving the business performance. Exactly. And what this is also telling us, and this is widely discussed in your podcast as well, yeah, is that they understand the impact of the loyalty program, yeah, which is always a challenge. Uh, we always discuss this internally and, and also globally. It's a, it's a big discussion. Yeah. I'm sure they are quite ahead in, in understanding what Starbucks rewards bring mm. to the firm. Mm-hmm. And that is why they talk about it so much. And that is why they invest in it so much. Yeah. And the investors clearly have the confidence and the understanding. And I think you and I, Estevan, have definitely been on the um, the side of having to explain or justify, I suppose, the level of investment required in order to do loyalty well. I mean, we'll probably never know what Starbucks is spending in order to deliver that proposition. I wish we did. But anyway, <laughs> so listen, um, you are in a super exciting industry. And in the two years since we last spoke, um, I'm actually just so impressed with the incredible number of ideas and enhancements, whether it's rebrands or new new businesses that are coming out. So first of all, I think because we have our global audience, Esteban, will you just first of all explain the company, Mall Group, and the incredible work and footprint that you guys have in terms of your business? Yes, we in Mall Group, we are a Central Eastern European, primarily Central Eastern European integrated oil and gas company. Mm -hmm. That means that uh, we do everything from upstream through to downstream, petrochemicals, logistics, mm. and and uh, consumer services or, or B2C. Yeah. Um, we have operations in 30 countries uh, overall globally, mm -hmm. and uh, we have approximately 25,000 employees. Wow. Um, related to what I'm doing, um, we are working, or my team and, and uh, the people I work with, we are in the consumer services business. That's the B2C side of the company, yeah. which is primarily and originally built on fuel retailing, so mm -hmm. service stations. Mm -hmm. um, but that business is being extended uh, continuously mm -hmm. uh, towards you know convenience type services and mobility services like car yeah. sharing, fleet management, uh, electric charging, et cetera, et cetera. For sure. And I think I heard a number, about 2,000 fuel stations, if I'm not mistaken. Is that about right? That's correct. Um, the consumer services business is centered really in, in, this, in the central European region. We are present in nine countries mm -hmm. with approximately 2,000 service stations. My goodness. Wow. I think what most excites me, Esteban, about your role and the work that you're doing is it is a strategic transformation of a business. You've already alluded to, you know, way beyond fuel. There's so many categories that you're expanding into, but it really seems that loyalty 
loyalty is seen as the linchpin that's, um, you know, everybody is looking to to deliver on this exceptional business transformation. So I'd love you to explain maybe how did loyalty become, you know, the star in this story? That's a great question. And, and I think the answer to that is that we have started with a really strong vision and a long-term strategy, which is all-encompassing in a sense that we knew that we want to move from an analog fuel retailer to a complex consumer services company. Mm-hmm. The simple reason for that is obviously the, the potential and, and longer-term decline of fuel retailing, yeah. plus the extraordinary potential in the current reach of the business, right? Uh, our business is big. A huge amount of people use cars. If you use car, you need to stop at a fuel station. Sure. So our our reach into the population of Central Eastern Europe is massive. Mm. And knowing this and knowing what's going to come in the long term, the question only is, is when it's going to come, but not if it's going to come. Yeah. Then the vision came that we need to diversify ourselves. Yeah. And one of the one of the key things, obviously the key thing of, of diversification is going what we call from fuel to non-fuel in, mm. in our retail business. Mm-hmm. So actually introducing convenience, uh, grocery, gastro type of products. Mm-hmm. We have several key um, hero products already, so to say, like uh, coffee, hot dogs, sandwiches and the likes. Mm. Um, but we also knew that we had to go beyond that and try to drive the whole transformation around mobility. Mm. And that is, you know, that is obviously represented by electric charging as a way of, you know, as an alternative fuel, but also other types of transformation like car sharing, public transport, like, you know, the gaining share of public transport, et cetera, et cetera. And when you add this all up, this is a huge amount of different products and services that we want to offer to our consumers. Mm-hmm. And one way to create a platform for these services is obviously to leverage digital mm-hmm. and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Loyalty is for us is not, not just a program, it's in the long run, it's a it's a platform where all of these services should come together. Yeah. Uh, that is supported by a standard complex technology platform. Mm. So that's how it that's how it came together. It's not uh, we are not doing loyalty for the sake of loyalty. We are yeah. doing loyalty because we have a long term transformation vision that is quite well supported by loyalty, especially the the type of loyalty that is today I think considered modern and a requirement. Yeah, that that it's it's fun, it's engaging, it's it's mm. uh, highly tech driven. Yeah, um, and very much uh, actually as well data driven. Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, despite its complexity, because clearly that's an extraordinary level of vision and ambition. But what I'm hearing coming through, if I'm right, is almost simplifying it back to the opportunity to own the customer because they are, you know, predominantly already customers of yours. So I think you're identifying that once you understand them, once you have relationships with them, I guess the trust factor then there's an opportunity to move into lots of other businesses as well, which is quite incredible. That's that's exactly the case. So when you look at the tradition of fuel retailer, there's a massive footfall that is that is coming anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of the companies, and this was including us as well, and still to, to some extent including us, 
a large portion of, of these trans- transactions and footfall, you don't really know too much about, you know, who is behind it, yeah. why that person has come to you, why that person has chosen you, how mm. you can how you can keep that customer on board and how you can keep that customer loyal to your brand. Yeah. And one step further from that was these traditional loyalty programs where you had a physical card, which you, which you swipe every time. And after a while, you mm. get enough points to buy something for free. Yeah. Right. But that's um, in our case, in, in many, many of the cases, we did not have a proper contact to these customers. Mm. We did not really know too much about them. We mm. knew that they were swiping the cards, but we didn't know um, much more. Mm. And then this is a huge step forward from this that we actually know a lot about these customers because yeah, even though the registration is very simple, we try to build up the, the, the knowledge uh, of them uh, step by step. Mm-hmm. And we have a completely different level of relationship via the mobile app, yeah. which, which we try to put in the center, obviously beyond the service station, the yeah. center of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And we try to get the customers use this app, engage Mm -hmm. with it, engage with the offers, uh, get to know the offers better. Mm. Um, And that kind of knowledge is such an extra compared to a legacy program that that knowledge or that capability is driving additional footfall and additional basket um, in our relationships with with, with our customers. And that, you know, like earning the right to to do this, will hopefully give us the right to do even more um, yeah. in in the future. So that's I the whole no point. Doubt. Yeah, no, I have no doubt. And just on the piece about the app, Esteban, um, something that I do think a lot of brands and a lot of people listening to this show probably struggle with is convincing you know, people to to download one more app, because I think it's like, again, loyalty cards in years gone by, the first two or three that you signed up for is very exciting. Then the wallet gets stuffed and you stop signing up for the plastic card. And I think that's also happening, if I'm honest, in digital. So how are you finding, you know, was it easy or difficult to convince your customers that they should download this this app with you? I think the key is that... uh... In this aspect, we are in a lucky industry because mm-hmm. few retailer is, you know, is, is, is one of the, if you if you use a car, yeah. then your few retailer is, is a quite an important part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly to a grocery retailer, if we give a valuable enough proposition to, yeah. to the customers to download the app, yeah. then that can drive a huge take up. Mm. Um, and that's what we experienced. We managed to get, I think, the, what we call welcome rewards, right? Okay. And that has driven a lot of registrations very early on. Mm. Now, what is what is more difficult to do, and in some cases, in some markets, that's where we are, that we have reached, in some cases, quite high numbers of registrations. The question is, when it starts to plateau, then yeah. how you can start to grow exponentially again? Yeah, um, that is that requires a little bit of different thinking again because your welcome rewards and your structure is working well. Mm. You have onboarded a lot of people, but how you can get that second phase of growth in? Yeah, and yeah. in many cases, that's where we are. Okay, well, I'll definitely ask you about that in a second. But welcome rewards, I guess, quite simply, it's instant gratification, and yes. I know there's one at every tier. 
And what I do remember, Esteban, from when we spoke two years ago was that you have an earn strategy in terms of points, but not a burn strategy. So yes. I'd love you to explain that for people listening, because it is quite a controversial idea. And I remember wondering if you would have any, you know, resistance maybe from customers that they don't actually burn the points at any point. So will you just explain how that works and particularly any feedback you've had with it? Yes, um, it's interesting. We have uh, done a huge amount of research, uh, mm-hmm. both globally um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, benchmarks and competitors yeah. similar players, similar industries, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously we asked our customers. Yeah. And the reason why we have concluded with this setup is that we very much like the tier system mm-hmm. because it allows us to reward more loyal customers to a higher extent than mm-hmm. a simple earn burn program. Mm-hmm. So we can disproportionately reward the more loyal customers. And that, that was very appealing. Yeah. And that what, what we have found is, is the extra motivation to get to a higher tier. Okay. And then to stay in that tier is a really important factor in keeping the customer engaged with the program. Okay. Now, what airlines are doing mostly, at least from my knowledge, is that they have, they, they have the tier structure and they have two types of points status points and award and i think is award points rewards exactly uh, which, so there are status points which you accumulate in order to get from one tier to another but there are points that you can spend yeah now we have thought about that structure as well but we have found that complicated yeah for the for the for the reach that we are trying to get we are we are you know we are the major brand in many mm. of the markets where we are and we are trying to get an extreme level of coverage yeah. in the population and we thought that that would be actually too complicated mm-hmm. so so for us obviously yeah. for airlines it might be working mm-hmm. uh, for us that would have been too complicated so we decided that we keep the points mm-hmm. because people like to collect points yeah uh, but we actually use the points to buy tiers right and the only the only reason for for the for the points is to get mm-hmm. from one tier to to another okay and we were quite afraid of this actually this this, this change <laughs> me too but also people like to spend the points but so yeah. far the feedback is really positive i yeah. can say with all yeah. honesty that this is actually more well, we had less issues from this than what i expected originally wow so clearly the status points if we call them that you're using them and everybody really understands that and i know you have four tiers, one which is, you yes. know, not visible to customers. So almost like a yes. secret kind of VIP. But yes. so what do um, the actual members get then? If they don't get to, you know, redeem and, and burn their points, what is the value proposition then for joining the program at each of the tiers? Yes, we, what we start with, as I said, the, the, the welcome reward, what, what we start with is a, is a free drink of your choice. Mm-hmm. So even when you even when you when you enter, we're not we're not gonna tell you that this is your reward. You can actually select uh, mm-hmm. what you would like to get. Okay. And most people they are getting a coffee or an energy drink. Nice. Um, and that you can you can actually select it yourself. Wow. And one of the golden sentences that that uh, our colleagues at the service station uh, service stations are using mm. is, "Can we invite you for a coffee?" Nice. And if, and if the answer is yes, then mm-hmm. obviously the the next answer is 
here we have a great program. It's called More Move. Please download it, and then we can give you um, a free coffee immediately. Lovely. Yeah. So this is you can actually do it. You can actually do it immediately on on site. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. The other one is is a fuel discount, which is uh, which is in two steps. Mm-hmm. Um, even on your first uh, fueling, you can you you can get a discount, and then if mm. you have used that discount, then you can get another one on nice. your next fueling. Okay. And and then in the following tiers, what we started to introduce is a, what we call a flat tier discount. So if you're a member of a certain tier, you are eligible to a certain level of discount on all of your transactions. So that's not a that's not a coupon. That's if you are identifying yourself as a loyal customer of of more group. Yeah. Then uh, you are just entitled to that uh, to that discount. Let it be fuel. Let it be um, a hot dog or a sandwich or a coffee. Okay. Um, you can you can get that discount, um, and okay. that is increasing uh, nice. obviously from from one tier to another. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I think is really important, and we have gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback on this is if you're a member of, a, of, of our loyalty program, then you can use our toilets for free. Obviously, many of our toilets are for free, but uh, in some cases, when we invest a lot in maintaining the toilet and yeah. really to like to a really high quality, yeah. then we actually ask money for that. But mm-hmm. from our loyal customers, we don't. Wow. And um, and that, that, is, that is actually quite a positive... Um, Wow. Um, a valuable reward, uh, yeah. so to say, based on the feedback and the, and the survey research. Wow. Done. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think in years gone by, it's something that fuel stations probably didn't invest in and didn't perhaps realize that that drove the whole experience into a very negative place. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness it feels like the whole industry has stepped up and taking care of us as human beings, you know, kind of getting the basics right. So yes, it's, it's, it's so obvious, yeah. Um, but it's so difficult at the same time, and it's yeah, and it's much more sensitive. It's much more of a sensitive topic than 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 you would think, probably. Yeah, at least I, than I would have thought. Even yeah. though I'm, I, I use the toilets. Yeah, it's um, it's just uh, it's an emotional, it's an emotional thing. It's very basic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being pretty outraged a couple of times years ago, but, you know, I nearly wanted to name and shame, you know, I wanted to go and post these pictures and embarrass these retailers. No, genuinely, it just wasn't, Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't even safe. I don't think so. Anyway, off topic, back to your program, Istvan. Um, Gamification, I know, is extremely important. Um, It sounds like you are really focusing very heavily. So whatever about, yes, it's an earn proper position purely for tiers, it sounds like the core of driving the engagement with the program is focused on the fun aspect. So will you tell us a bit about your gamification ideas and, and what you're finding to be successful? Yes, this is also coming from, from very early on. Um, and it's one of the key, I think, agendas of our EVP. Okay. When it comes to the whole loyalty loyalty experience, he has been mm-hmm. driving this, uh, I think, from the from the beginning, mm-hmm. and we have introduced a lot of different types. Yeah. Um, one which which is what probably everybody everybody knows is this uh, chat what we call challenges, but it's actually like a digital stamp collection. Mm-hmm. Probably everybody has done that before. That you like yeah. you go to your favorite uh, coffee chain, mm. you get a like a paper 
um, yeah. like stamp collector. You get totally. your stamps and after 10 stamps or whatever, you get a free coffee. Yeah. And we do it as well, obviously digitally um, and in a number of different ways with a number of different products. Mm. Um, that's one. The other one is um, the huge number of different uh, promo mechanisms that, that we have implemented. Mm-hmm. One that is working really well and I think is a quite an exciting concept is the multi-use coupon. Mm-hmm. So that it's the discount or the offer that you get is mm. not unlimited, but you can use it several times and we can set how many times you can yeah. actually use it. Okay. And that is that is a really exciting concept because people who start to use it, you can actually start to change behavior with it. Wow. And that is and that, that is that, that is one that um that, that we are you know following really closely. Yeah. And then um Obviously, have we have all of the the usual the usual stuff like a happy hour coupon or like a location specific coupon and and, and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But what is the most exciting of all, and so far have generated a really high engagement uh, rate, is the scratch card, mm. um, which is again, if you um, if you like lottery or or if you like to play, then you probably know what a scratch card is. Yeah, uh, we have implemented that in in the phone itself. So it's actually a digital scratch card, and obviously it's not it's not like a lottery. We have a business logic uh, behind course. it. Yes. So we want to drive what the customers can win, but the feeling of winning is definitely yeah. there. Yeah. And that is that has a really positive Im- impact on the engagement rates that we are seeing. And also, I think the feeling of scratching, because I know your digital version is rubbing the phone screen. Yes. Wow. Yes, it, it really it really feels like a, like a scratch card experience just on the phone. Yeah. And I think people intuitively, you know, it's, it's, it, it gets over all of the, I suppose, the problems about educating people again about points and what they're worth and all of that. Like put a scratch card in front and give them, a, you know, a simple instruction and you'll never have to teach them about it again. It's 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 really clever idea. Yes. And, and, and uh, people just love it. And I think one like one additional point is that uh, what we are experimenting with a lot is, is how you, we can combine these. Okay. Uh, obviously, with the with with the rewards that we are giving in the tiers and yeah. and the gamification elements together, mm-hmm. um, plus actually we have implemented a uh, a prize winning game uh, feature in in our application as well, which is 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 a real lottery, and okay. that is a longer term game. So you know, in our industries, it's quite a, uh, I think a, a popular. Uh, way of marketing that you can win a car as a customer right of course wow um and um we play this game uh, or this 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 campaign quite yeah. uh, quite a lot and it's very yeah. very popular yeah and we have implemented that that game fully in in the loyalty experience okay and um and obviously as a loyalty member even we had uh, campaigns where only loyalty members could win the car yeah, but uh, but even even when not only loyalty members can win, loyalty members they have a much more convenient experience and uh, they have a, a much better chance to win. Ooh. Ultimately, yes, it sounds quite complex, Estevan. And I know you know you have an incredible team, um, an incredible amount of customer journey. So, can you give us a sense operationally what is required in terms of delivering a program of this scale and maybe a sense of your membership numbers as well? Because I know you're live with the MOVE program in three countries currently. Is that right? Yes. 
Yeah. Yes, that, that's correct. Okay. That's correct. Um, first of all, about our numbers, um, what I can communicate and what we started to actually also include in our investor materials yeah. is the mobile app downloads figure. Yeah. Okay. That is actually representing our transformation from the legacy program to the to the app based program. Yeah. And we started with fifty thousand downloads in twenty nineteen. We are now at one point three million. Great. Uh, we increased by four times, uh, then three times, then two times, and wow. we still we still on an, on a on a quite significant uh, growth curve. Okay. We want to get to more than three million uh, by twenty twenty five, which would mean that we would have more mobile app users than originally legacy loyalty customers um, yeah. at the starting point. So that is a, like a complete transformation. And we are, when we yeah. look at the numbers, we are approximately halfway there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is, the, that, that, that is about the, the, the numbers or, or, or where we are. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what it takes, um, from a technology perspective, it's, we, we knew that from the beginning, but it's quite a complex uh, exercise because obviously mm. for this, we have not just implemented a loyalty system, yeah. a standalone loyalty system. We have implemented a new technology platform mm-hmm. that includes a lo- obviously a loyalty system, but also a CRM and marketing automation mm. um, and uh, several other components, yeah. also including an API-led integration platform mm-hmm. um, that is actually supporting an omnichannel experience, meaning mm-hmm. that Obviously, our app is 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 the first um, or is the the center of it. But mm. you also have a website. Yeah, we are, we are also obviously communicating via email. Yeah, and um, and sometimes even Viber. And all of these need to be harmonized together. So you need to obviously need to see everything. Yeah, uh, if you get a, if you get an offer in your email, you need to see it on, in your phone. If you accept, mm. you know, if you choose your 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 welcome drink in in your email. Mm-hmm. then that chosen welcome drink should appear in your phone. So or, yeah. uh, this goes without saying, but it, it's very difficult to, to, to get it done uh, in, in reality. And yeah. you would need a, quite a lot of um, technology components to, to deliver it. For sure. And a lot of clever people. So what kind of team have you got, Esteban, supporting you? We have, um, we have a, a, a team that is called Digital Factory. Okay. Uh, the digital factory is actually or could be broken down to to three areas. One is data analytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that team is building the data platform and and uh, the analytical capabilities that can you know consume and uh, mm-hmm. and use the the vast amount of data that we have yeah. of the business, not just from loyalty but the overall business. Okay. The second one is is the loyalty team. Mm-hmm. Um, the loyalty team consists of people um, with a product owner background, you know, and people with a commercial background, mm. uh, people with uh, even um, user experience uh, nice. and even developer background. So it's quite a, quite a, a complete team. Mm-hmm. Plus we have, uh, we have an IT team in the digital factory mm. that obviously is working very, very closely together in mostly in an agile way with the other two yeah. uh, teams. Yeah. And there we have there we have all the roles that, that you would need. So architects, mm-hmm. um, developers, uh, or DevOps engineers, and um, integration uh, integration guys, and, and and all of it. So we have we have we try to deliver the solution end to end. But we are we are growing, but still um, for this effort uh, a small team. So obviously we work with partners. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with a system integrator. We work uh, and we work with other um, smaller partners as well mm-hmm. to get the solution done. And obviously, from a more group perspective, this is much more than us, Digital Factory. Yeah. This is actually we are doing this primarily for the retail organization. So essentially, the whole retail organization is is involved and extremely engaged and you know yeah. making a lot of decisions. Yeah. From marketing through to commercial and uh, sales, and uh, there's a super high engagement. I I used to say that that uh, loyalty is a team sport. Yeah. It really is. If <laughs> any of yeah. these, if any of these these teams or members are not engaged or are not yeah um, not supporting the whole program itself or yeah. something goes wrong in any of the directions, then then the whole the whole program is suffering. Totally. Plus, and this is just retail, but obviously I, I can mention all the support functions as well, like a communications team or an IT team. Yeah. They're also very much involved. Yeah. So that's why it's so difficult. I think that it's it's a strategic transformation, it's an organizational transformation, and it's a technology transformation as well. Yeah. And that is really difficult to to, to get it done. And the extra complexity is actually coming from the fact that. Um, we are a multinational company, yeah. so we somehow need to manage the centralization and the decentralization aspect of it as well. Yeah. We need to, when you build a technology, that technology needs to be as standard as possible when retail is a local business. So you need to give the local yeah. team enough wiggle room yeah. right, to, um, to do what they see best for their own market. Yeah. And that that balance is is actually quite difficult to to get it right, and we work really hard to to get it right. Yeah, I like your analogies, Estevan. Um, first of all, I I love the idea that it's a team sport. I think that's a really nice concept for everyone to feel like they're part of something, and actually something fun as well, because that's actually how it sounds. What you're building, that that yes. you're extremely proud of it, and that there are so many people that you're consulting and including and are involved in in driving the performance. And then you also use the term like it's like a race car. Um, So I'd love you just to explain that analogy as well, because I do think this whole idea of, you know, centralization, as you've said, and decentralization, it's sometimes a case where frontline staff are maybe, you know, remembered at the beginning, for example, there's a there's a rollout and a big launch, maybe a TV campaign. And then in very many cases, I've seen, unfortunately, you know, that the project isn't continued with the same level of particularly frontline support. So I'd love you just to talk about how you manage that in the mall group. Yes, I think this is one of the most important questions, at least from my experience, you know, when when we try to get a loyalty program introduction right. Yeah. And um, how, how I look at it is that our team, the Digital Factory, we are actually bringing the capability, which we can consider as a race car. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it will really be like feel like a race car uh, <laughs> that we are that we are bringing. Um, and that race car has to be driven if we want to do it right. It has to be driven by the business. Yeah. And really, in in our industry, massively by the local business. Mm-hmm. So people who are close to the customers, people who own the customer relationships from a day-to-day yeah. uh, basis mm-hmm. and own the service stations. And but that but but this kind of transition that okay, I've built 
the race car and I'm giving it to you and you can just drive it and <laughs> I've done my part. Sure. This doesn't work. Like it doesn't work in Formula One or any other or any other uh, similar competitions. Yeah. It's always a back and forth. Yeah. So you build the car, but it needs to be continuously maintained. It needs to be continuously improved. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to lose the race. Yeah. And in our case, what how we have started is that we have built the car and we started to at least partially drive it. Mm-hmm. And increasingly, we are giving away this 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 responsibility to to the business from our perspective. The retail the retail mm-hmm. team is the business. Yeah. We are giving that responsibility away, and then. We're going to, you know, at some point we are going to focus on the feature development and the operations. Yeah. Obviously, like you would have in a in 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 a, in a race car team. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And again, I think with that kind of analogy and thinking, I think we all know that you need a professional race car driver at least to get up and running and then you need to learn you need to practice you really need to pay attention to the tools you've been given so i do think as you said it's um it's an ongoing requirement and if you treat those frontline employees with that level of respect giving them the exciting tools to play with but obviously showing how powerful it is and can be when it's optimized i think that gets them engaged and excited as well if if um is is that your experience Yes, beyond beyond uh, loyalty being a team sport and the fact that you need everybody on the team to to get it right, I think that obviously the key role is the loyalty manager's role. Yeah, uh, yeah. that is without uh, without a question. Mm. And that that job is an extremely complex job because mm. you need to have everything from a marketing mindset uh, to a commercial mindset, um, an understanding of the technology. That yeah. what the technology can can actually do for you, how you can leverage it. Mm. And that is very rare. Uh, that is a very rare skill set. Sure. Um, and one who could actually master these and 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 do these right, I, I think that that person is an immensely valuable, yeah. valuable person. For sure. Um, that that's one. And the other one, which is which is obviously key in, in our in our case, definitely, is the is we call them hosts. Okay. Or frontline frontline employees, so the mm-hmm. the people on the service station who represent mall, okay. uh, who are the face of mall to to our customers, mm-hmm. who who have obviously no idea of the technological background, and they don't need to have that kind of idea, mm-hmm. but they need to buy into the concept just as much as the rest of the organization because they are the ones yeah. who need to ask the customers whether they have the loyalty program, and they need to, and mm-hmm. if the customer says no, they need to be able to convince them yeah that okay please it's actually worth for you specifically it's worth joining that program totally and that um that is not coming easily obviously i i um, fully agree i've said it a few times on the show Esteban. you know if i'm asked at any point of sale to join a loyalty program like i will always ask why and if they aren't genuinely interested and believe it's valuable for me to join i will instantly dismiss it and i'm not going to give anyone the satisfaction even knowing yeah. that the poor loyalty professional in the background has a very well-intentioned piece but if the frontline person doesn't believe in it then all of that hard work just goes to waste so it is the the final moment of truth so i love to hear that you're putting that level of focus and and support for them that's true and and um and it's very hard for them as well we had uh we had 
when we launched the first version of uh, of our program, we had times when mm. the technology wasn't just wasn't mature enough or just wasn't ready, and we had some issues. And you know, yeah. even 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 at those points, they would need you know they were the ones mm. to whom the customers were complaining, and obviously yeah. the call center. Yeah, and that's a really really difficult job to do. Sure. And where you need to and where we need to get them is that we don't go trouble. That's the first, you know, mm-hmm. we, like we don't want they have a complex enough job already. Sure. We don't cause additional complexity for them. Mm-hmm. And we give them at least we make sure that the loyalty program is actually a way for them to satisfy their customers. Mm. And um, they really, as I as I mentioned before, they can only they, they can only feel like this if they do believe in the program. Sure. And uh, that's why what we have uh, what we have introduced is is specifically um, uh, like an employee benefit program, okay. which is uh, which is benefit specifically designed for our hosts. Mm. So when you when you enter uh, the mobile app, you can you have a, like a dedicated rewards page, uh, mm-hmm. which are only their rewards, and they oh, can nice. also obviously you know progress from one tier to another, mm. um, and uh, and use the program themselves and. Yeah. That the, I, I wouldn't say that we have that that we are there, uh, but we have made a lot of progress. Wow! I steps. love when the employee program is a an enhanced version, let's say even of the customer program. I think it is a a genius strategy because it it just you know covers off so many benefits in terms of you know again respecting those individual people and helping them learn how to use the program by being a user of the program and it just means that at the end of the day you know everybody knows where to go central repository segmented out into a different way but um definitely i think it's one of the perhaps underutilized tools that uh, loyalty professionals don't always think about so a wonderful I piece i think so yeah. Based on my experience, I think that that's that's uh, that's truly the case, and yeah. I would advise everybody from also from our experience, but also logically, if, yeah. if there is a chance to 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 get this kind of feature in, yeah, I would definitely recommend to do it. Wonderful. My final question is a tiny operational detail, Esteban, but I, you, you mentioned it already and I, I love it because I really would just want to hear the experience so far. You mentioned Viber, um, which for people listening around the world is, I know it's a dominant ma- messaging platform in Central Europe um, where I live here. We, we use WhatsApp um, as the dominant platform. I think WhatsApp is in most countries actually the, the, the yeah. strongest one, but Viber definitely has um, a huge installed base. But you mentioned that as one of the the communications channels that you're using with your members. So can you give us any insight in terms of how popular it might be or how that's working for you uh, alongside, obviously, email, which is, I suppose, the one we typically rely on? Yes. Um, I would say it has rather a complementary role. Okay. Um, We use use push notification massively mm-hmm. which is which which is working really well on the mobile app okay uh, and email these are the primary ones in and in some cases we use uh, like text message like sms okay and and, and viber mm-hmm. uh, but mostly in our case uh, the push notification and email um, are perfectly okay. perfectly enough when we have a specific goal that we want to achieve where these channels have an extra added value mm-hmm. then uh, then then we use them okay Okay. 
Well, what I'm really hoping, Istvan, is that we can have our next conversation much sooner than we had our last one, because I know today we haven't had the opportunity to get into some of the other big ideas that I know your favorite program, Starbucks, is starting to talk about some of the Web 3.0 topics, which I think we'll save it for the next time, because I think we're both at the stage of watching and waiting and and hoping to see what new ideas come through. So um, if it's okay with you, I'd love to kind of literally say, please come back and, and have another conversation in 12 months time. So with all of that said, Esteban, is there anything else that you wanted to mention that I haven't asked you about today? No, I think we have covered all the ground that uh, that I, at least I was planning. And thank you for the great questions. Wonderful. It was an honor to, to be here. Oh my goodness, super inspiring. So listen, Istvan Mag, Head of Digital Factory at the Mall Group. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People, a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM and customer engagement. The Loyalty People work with clients in lots of different ways, whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. And they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the Loyalty People also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners. And they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.